Welcome to the Conversation of Money podcast. I'm your host, Peter Komalafe, and you've guessed it, this is where we talk about money. And it is my mission to empower you, to help you make the best financial decisions possible. Why? Because money is a tool, life is for living. Let's go. All right, all right. Good morning, guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Conversation of Money podcast. I hope you had an amazing weekend. So, this episode is going to be a very informative and interesting one. So if you recall, two weeks ago on episode number seven, I was speaking specifically about COVID scam merchants and how I'm receiving messages about people losing money on Forex trading. And a question that was posed to me um, on, a, on an Instagram live asking me what um, suggestions I might have for older people who are being caught up in all of these kind of scams and how they're thinking about it from a mindset mentality point of view. And I kind of said in that episode that I really don't have the answers because it's like saying, you know, you've got an an opportunity on one hand, you're telling them not to do it, but you can't offer an alternative. And off the back of that, I got an email um, from a guest who is on this show with me right now, who's going to be sharing some really important conversations around how we can actually keep ourselves safe online, offline, and actually prevent ourselves from being a victim of fraud. This is going to be a very, very interesting conversation. And I want to thank him first and foremost for reaching out and making time to come on the on the podcast. Lee Harold, welcome. Hi, mate. Thanks for that. Yeah, no, listen, I really do appreciate you coming on and, and initially for your email as well, because I think with COVID and everything that has happened this year, well, last year, and it's continuing to happen this year, yeah. we do have a, a real problem on our hands in the fact that, you know, interest rates are really, really low. People have been made redundant. People have taken a pay cut by by a furlough, and people just want to be able to make their money go a bit further. And that opens up the risk and the possibility that they'll be scammed by these rascals that are out here doing all kinds of stuff. And you're a chartered internal auditor, so you're you're more than qualified to speak about this. But can you give an introduction to yourself just to kick us off? Yeah, yeah, certainly. So. Um... I've been a chartered internal auditor, did a degree in accounting and finance. Um, I didn't want to be an accountant and thought what utilises my skill set. I'm a bit more of a people person than just purely numbers. I met a great recruitment consultant and said, have you thought about one of the big accountancy firms? They take on for auditors as well. So my career initially started off going down that path. I worked for one of the big accountancy firms, working for a load of different clients that they have across numerous industries and you know, multi-billion turnover. Um, I had a brief stint in the NHS and then got hit by the back end of the financial crisis, so I was made redundant from that post. Um, did a little bit of contracting, moved into the healthcare sector, and then care and social housing. So um, this is when the business I was working for didn't really have a fraud team, um, and I piped up and said, you know, this is something I want to get involved in because I was hearing stories of residents and uh, patients being defrauded, even by our, disgustingly by our own staff. Um, yeah, and that wasn't for me. So that's when my interest in fraud began. Um, I then moved on to, um, to start my career in the FTSE world. So I was with a large kitchen manufacturer for a number of years. So manufacturing, you've got a lot of risk there, bribery and corruption. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, um, that again, I continued that theme of fraud and I also started doing a lot of work on information security. So a couple of years back, I uh, became a certified information security management practitioner. Wow. Um, that's with a chart and with another chartered body. 
just add to my skill set really a lot of these have the same auditing fundamentals that i wanted to develop and you know enhance my skill set fantastic fantastic so you've been in industry for quite a bit of time in and around this kind of subject matter through career definitely yeah yeah so just to kick this off then because we were talking just before we we pressed record and like some of the things that you you said to me actually scare me <laughs> and like <laughs> i i cannot obviously and i think it's one of the situations where my expertise are in one field and I don't quite appreciate or I'm completely oblivious to some of the expertise in other fields. But because we want to talk about fraud and, and keeping people safe, let me just ask you this. How big of a problem is this now, given the fact that, as you rightly said before we started recording, that we actually give away a ton of information about ourselves for free without really thinking about much of a consequence that comes with it yeah certainly it's frightening times i think we're going to be pressured pressured more for our information um and there's going to be more attacks you know people are desperate so outside parties are going to try and get your information more and use that for dishonest means but also individuals are desperate so their guards down you know we discussed earlier the risk of people wanting to get rich quick or you know even get rich, just get themselves out of trouble. Mm -hmm. you know, some people are on 80% furlough. Well, where's that over 20% coming from? Mm -hmm. People might decide to do some desperate things. So I think the attacks are certainly going to be there more. And yeah, certainly to your point about you know, the information we put out there. Um, I was saying that an employer that I started with had a legacy issue. And within two hours, I was able to find somebody who didn't want to be found owed the mm. business a lot of money um and that was just using a lot of social engineering techniques so going through multiple uh, sort of streams of getting data and information about that individual which we'll talk more about later but essentially i can put together a full picture of that individual track them down and then either continue our investigations or recovery work or pass it on to the police mm, mm. and this is all just using information that we put out generally into the into the general public that we're happy to to let everyone see via social media is what you're alluding to here if this isn't like things that we're signed up to completely oblivious of the information we're putting out we're voluntarily giving this information out that's it i, I mean i'm not a tech master at all um i've got no specialist cyber attacking software that is out there so you know there is some big boys out there that if they want to get into your details and that and obviously we know legally um the authorities can as well people can get through so the techniques that i use like i said a lot of social engineering so i can find out from facebook um wh where you live is quite easy a lot of people now put a nice picture of their house you know just move mm -hmm. into this house <laughs> even with the developer and you might see in the background mm -hmm. What that development's called. They also um, put a picture of the car, etc. You can do checks on the registration. You can even now, with the likes of, um, so like I said earlier, I'm a Google fanboy. So where uh, you know you use Google Lens when you take a photo or even screenshot that photo, that will, if it matches what's on Google Maps, will pull up that house address. They can wow. find you just like that. Yeah. Wow. A lot of people with their child's first day at school. What do they do? My little boy, my little girl's first day at school or first day back. There's a picture of their child with their school uniform on. P 
pictures, you know, cameras now and the pictures that we see are so detailed that it's not hard, if it's even necessary, to zoom in, you find out what school your kids go to. Mm. Yeah. And I suppose from that, if you are trying to tra- track somebody down, then you know exactly what the school is, you know what time drop-off is, and you can easily <laughs> go and find the person, trail them, find out where they actually live. And I think we have seen this in, um, in, in popular culture. Um, I think Kim Kardashian is probably one of the biggest uh, reminders of this in recent times, flaunting with the rings and stuff like that, with the location in Paris, and all of a sudden the, 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 the property actually gets burgled with her in it. And it's, that is the power of social media and the information that we're actually putting out there and being mindful. I think one of the things that we did want to get into um, in this episode, which I think will be of benefit to the less listeners, is, you know, on, on regards to, you know, information security, how can we stay safe both online and offline? I know you've got a few, a few tips here. Yeah, certainly. So, you know, by all means, ask any questions or um, ask me to elaborate where needed. Yeah. I think the biggest one, and this was one that was, so I've always, when I've joined a new business, if we're talking investments, say your pensions, which the majority of your listeners are surmised will be their largest vehicle for investing at the moment, mm-hmm. it's actually get access to that account. So a lot of people, their employer puts them in it. They might have a uh, pension, a fund number or whatever in their file of fact somewhere. They haven't actually gone through, so gone onto legal or general standard life or whatever's portal, registered for an online account. Mm-hmm. If you haven't done that, there is a risk that, say, if your mail's intercepted or anything like that, that somebody could then use their credentials and essentially they take control of your fund by having access through creating a brand new login and password because that hasn't been created yet. I didn't actually think of that. <laughs> and I only thought of it the other day. Um, my brothers both work for the same, they're in the large. Um, a building company they've got quite nice pensions um that are amassing and i said they wanted some advice on the investments in the funds and um came to me and said oh can you help us i went all right yeah what are you online you, like you've got the online account details you know i've been burnt by them in the past took time to help them and uh you haven't even got the details so i said you need to make sure you've got them in advance and you just looked at me blankly like what do you mean i need to request access I was like, well, you've just got letters at the moment that tell you which funds you're invested in or whatever in your policy number, and you'll probably get an annual statement. I said, but if you don't register on the account, it's not yet been created. So by default, a lot of corporations, providers of various financial instruments, don't just send out um, a login and password. No, they don't. Just for security, they don't a lot of times. And like, yeah. I mean, a lot of them are now moving away from the paper uh, side of things and moving more digital. So you, yeah, you have to set up your own account yeah. with obviously your passwords and all that kind of stuff for security. Yeah. But like you said there, if, you're, if your post is intercepted, they pretty much have all the information that they need there. They have your, your policy number, if you will. They'll probably have, they'll have your address because it will be on the letter. Um, yeah. And it will be very, very easy for them to literally just post to be you, I guess. They may have intercepted um, such thing as your national insurance number, which a lot of investment um, providers will ask for. But you know, they might have got that through the mail. But then they, this is getting further social engineering. You could make calls. And if I want to get your national insurance number, there's probably deceptive ways that I could get it over a short mm-hmm. period of time. That then, you know, if I've done that background work, I, you know, I can have them gain access to your portfolio. 
Yeah. And even things like dates of birth and stuff like that, you can find those on Facebook. Yeah, so as we were saying earlier, yeah, Facebook. Obviously, everyone puts the pictures when it's their birthday and the loving message to their partner, etc. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as great as all that is, and in times like this, people are putting more out there online because we've not got the physical contact. We're looking for that social interaction wherever we can. But it, you know, people have to acknowledge that that comes at a risk. Yeah, I mean, I work in the industry, so I understand roughly how it works. But thinking a bit from the the mindset of someone trying to get access to your details because you mentioned that um just before we started recording that it's it's easy as well for these people to kind of uh, gauge how much you actually have in your pension pots as well based on things like linkedin records and stuff as well right yeah so you think everything's online now so i go on linkedin i can obviously yourself being self-employed now it's a little bit harder but somebody works in a large corporation so uh, as i mentioned before i live in derby We've got Rolls Royce around the corner. I can look at somebody's LinkedIn that I want to target if I want to target them. Look at what their job role is. You can then go on, um, you know, put Rolls Royce in that job, and that role has probably been advertised recently because mm-hmm. of the volume of stuff that work there. So I can see what the pay and salary bands like are. Yeah, yeah, and and they might even advertise what the percentage of pension is at advert stage. Mm-hmm. And then you work out how long that individual's worked for that organization and quite quickly, some very rough math, you can go, hmm, they've probably got this much with that with a pension provider. Um, and you might think, oh, well, how does Joe Bloggs trying to defraud me know who my pension provider is? The government and trying to help us as the consumer not lose. And I think the figures are quite frightening on the number yeah. of people that have got stagnant accounts that haven't been claimed. So the fair play to the government, they're trying to do something. But again, it's another strand of information. If you type in, um, again, I typed in just for our call and before we went live, Rolls Royce, and it comes up because of the legacy of that organization, seven different pension uh, providers and mm-hmm. funds that they've got. But obviously, the size of that organization will be all different scales. Some organizations, you'll just get one or two. So again, with that, engi- that social engineering, I know what part of money you've got. I've intercepted maybe some details or you haven't created them, so I'm pretending to be you. I pull all that together, and then I can go and approach those organizations and just try and knock on the door and get into your account. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, it, it worries me. Let, let's move on to social media, because I think that's one of the big things, right? <laughs> Certainly for people yeah. who, listen, who follow me on, on YouTube and on Instagram. Because one of the big things that I have noticed, and this is so rife now, is there are so many people, you know, talking about uh, investing and trading and, you know, you invest £1,000, it will become £5,000 in a week. What, how do people keep themselves safe from those kind of things? Because that's where it becomes really, really tricky and rational human thought process kind of goes out of the window because of this whole fear of missing out um, that everybody has innately in them. Yeah, definitely. So, my adage, and I think I've heard it on your podcast several times, if it sounds too good to be true, it is. Mm-hmm. You, know, you look at the richest people in the world, they cannot 10x their money overnight. They can't. And even there's some of the other preposterous multiples that some of these scam artists. Um, you know, you've worked in heavily regulated sectors and so on, so have I. With greatest respect, 
some TikTok star or even a lot of the YouTubers that haven't got the FCA credentials that you've got, what, what do they know and what experience have they got in this sector to be managing your money? These large organisations that do this for a living have parameters of what are average returns. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're making a profit on that, but don't be deceived between their profit is that great that somebody can get you multiple times of that. Just be, you know, because they they've done a B tech in business studies or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's that's not saying we should rubbish all information out there. Um, and some of these people are introducing, as we spoke about earlier, introducing the younger generation to investing that wasn't as freely as available when I was graduating, etc. So it's great we've got so many young individuals captivated and wanting to build for their futures. But don't risk it on somebody that isn't qualified. There's a reason. My wife's a mortgage advisor. I know that's your background as well, Pete. And it's you know it's just a lot of hard graph. You've got to get through your qualifications. You've then got regular CPD to undertake. Mm-hmm. You're you've got compliance. I mean, you know, I'm like I said I'm a chartered internal auditor. A big bank will have an audit function. It'll have compliance functions, which are lower down, sort of checking boxes and mm-hmm. such like works. They'll have a cyber security team. They'll have an information security team. They'll have a fraud prevention team. Mm-hmm. So these big institutions have got five, six, seven departments of very smart, very qualified individuals that are there trying to keep them you know, them safe and to enable those returns that are decent when somebody who hasn't got those credentials thinks that they can make multiples of that, it's uh, you're going to get a kick in, <laughs> sadly. You know, yeah. Good. You know what? My, my experience of coming across uh, a number of these schemes uh, through last year has been an interesting one because there seems to be this uh, social rebellion against the uh, established financial services sector. And I can get why people are frustrated. I yeah. think oftentimes the frustration is misplaced. And I'll sound like a, a financial services insider saying those, saying those words, but I think it is true. I think sometimes people don't actually have a good understanding of, you know, why the, more, the markets crashed in 2007, 2008, what actually caused it, so on and so yeah. forth. And they, I, therefore I was graduating think, around that time and I saw the damage, you know, it made, a lot, a lot of what graduates during the pandemic are going through. I graduated during the mm-hmm. financial recession, and the problems that created. You then respect the controls and the mitigation that's been put in place subsequently. So it might seem like a bit like bureaucracy and cronyism, but it's there protecting I me. Mean, think of the privilege we're in a world where you can invest, um, bank, have the security of your funds in there, and even then, if that bank goes under, we have compensation schemes yeah. that protect the individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, we can take that for granted and almost become a bit arrogant. Well, the bank should have to do that. But, you know, that hasn't they always been know. the way. And no. <laughs> I know yeah, I, I heard um, in your account, in, um, accountability circle last night talking about devils. Mm-hmm. You know, what, one of the key parts now talking about, you know, Argentina. Mm-hmm. Try to ruin it for anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a banking problem in Argentina and how literally people want to withdraw the money. You were told they can only get 20. Mm-hmm. I don't want to kind of what the currency is in Argentina, but you know, you can only get a minimal sum of your money back. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, like I said, we now live in a world where 
your protected per bank account multiples of the UK national average salary, that alone mm-hmm. what people have in savings. It, yeah. It's a fortunate position that we should not belittle because you I said you think there's some cronyism and uh, bureaucracy yeah. going on. And that was exactly the point that I was gonna make is the fact that, you know, if it's if you're outside of the the, the sphere of existence here in financial services, you probably don't see how much it has changed because of the, the, the entire sentiment has been, we don't want that to ever happen again. And therefore, banks and investment houses now have got to have so much more in liquidity. They've got to be stress tested, all these things to protect consumers. And one of the things that really frustrates me is, and I won't mention the name of this scheme, is that despite how many times I've said, these guys are not authorized or regulated, the amount of people who said, well, the FCA is absolute nonsense anyway. This is all a, a rigged scam scheme anyway, the financial system is. And it's like, even though they now have, I think it's in the region of about 16 regulatory warnings, forward warnings globally, people are still not listening. And it's like, I understand to a certain extent why that is, because it is a deal that gives you the ability to gain something for pretty much nothing in advance beyond 300 quid, 500 quid or a thousand pounds, if you can afford to put that in. And the reckless thing that I've seen online as well is people say, well, I've only put money that I can afford to lose in this. Okay. A thousand pounds, you can afford to lose a thousand pounds. Like really? Like the first rule of investing is you don't, you never lose money. Try not to yeah. ever lose money. And it's, and it's, I found that these companies now are a lot more sophisticated with their messaging and how they try to set themselves up to appear legitimate on the surface. But you have to dig a little bit deeper now to really get under the, the, the surface of what they're doing and whether they are actually, in fact, legitimate. Yeah, and I think what some, a lot of listeners, particularly younger ones, will have to realise as well, they're taking a risk at the moment. Life quickly changes. You quickly have to grow up. You have to get a job. You meet your partner. You have to pay for stuff. You try and get your first house. You might have a kid or two. Mm-hmm. And that money, when you think right now, a grand's nothing. I've been there. I, as I was working through uni. I was working in a commission-paid job. I brought fancy watches, new car, and stuff like that on commission. Not stuff. Not always now. Mm-hmm. Um, with a family and that, have I got the luxury just to go out and buy those things? I'm in a nice position in life, but, you know, I can't just go out and do that. So don't think because you've got some spare cash at the moment when life, you know, don't get in the bad habit of thinking that you can overgear yourself to just go out and take these risks. If you take that habit into later life, this is when you can become, a, um, could risk falling victim of fraud and mm. things like because you're perpetuating the same things that, yeah, you could afford to lose it when you were younger and not have much impact, but, when you're older, you've got bills to pay, you've got additional mouths to feed and that. You've got to be cautious in your approach. Yeah. And that leads us on to kind of like the older generation. Because like I said, in, in the IGTV live, and someone said, maybe I need to do a session. I was like, okay, I would love to, but at the same time, I don't have an alternative to give to people. And the scenario was this. Um, the, the person who was on the live said uh, her mother has been offered this opportunity to invest in Singapore, of all places, Singapore. And for a thousand pound investment, the promise was that she'll be able to get a income of 23% per month. So doing the, maths, <laughs> doing the maths, I'm thinking clearly, clearly impossible. There isn't anything on the planet that I know of that you could go in to give you 
23% per month on a thousand pounds and still keep your capital intact. That's yep. the promise. But this is the issue. It's okay to say that and to say, look, this is a scam. You definitely shouldn't do it. But one thing she said that was really powerful was, what's the alternative? Yep. They've gone through life and they've, they've got to the point where they're not prepared and they know that they're not prepared. And now there's an element of desperation that I need to do something. So what are some of the things that maybe the older generation can actually do when being confronted or offered these kind of opportunities or seeming opportunities to keep themselves safe? I'm a big believer in prevention is always better than trying to find a cure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The pandemic showing that to us all. Um, So, you know, start early. As you preached, and it's the reason that I came across your podcast and um, YouTube work and that, start earlier so that you're not putting yourself in that desperate position. Um, I've got family members that are approaching retirement age, and sadly they thought, Pensions won't be around. There are ways, you know, all, all the sadly working class propaganda and very much come from a working class background. But again, it's almost like <clears throat> the FCA or the various situations previously, the financial institutions were out to do over the working man or whatever. And they've done themselves a disservice in later life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I certainly say for those, even now, um, I'm not a financial advisor, but you know it's never too late to start and make sure you start as early as you can so yeah. you don't even get in this position. Um, you know, the adage of fooling their money, they're easily parted, but also a desperate person and their money is easily parted as well. Absolutely. And, and this, this is who these fraudsters prey on quite often, they prey on the desperate. Um, so as we said, I think the younger generation uh, fall for the fear of missing out quite often and wanting to get on the late type train and Younger generation investing was not a thing. When I was in my early 20s, the cost of investing was so prohibitive. Mm-hmm. Um, so younger generations got to be careful there, the older generation. So what the fraudsters will usually play on is embarrassment and guilt. They'll embarrass you to think you're stupid and you don't understand finances. Um, I would urge any of your listeners doing that position. If you've got through life now, you know, if you've pretty much paid off your mortgage or you've got your own house or even you've managed to keep up the rent or whatever, you've got yourself through life. You can manage finances. might not have been perfect. You could have done things better, mm-hmm. but you're not stupid. Um, but fraudsters will push on that. And another big one is guilt. They will push on that, what's the legacy you're going to leave your family? You know, mm-hmm. This could be your your kid's house paid off. And particularly, I know some generations in London, people in their 30s or 40s are still Struggling. become first-time yeah. buyers or even have yeah. massive mortgages that might not get paid off by the time they hit retirement age which causes other issues doesn't it so mm-hmm. oh and then you know grandkids through unis you know you could be the first you know your grandkid could be the first one in your family to go through uni if you could just give them a little bit now 27 grand for a three-year yeah. course pretty much um again have faith in yourself I think there's a, so there's a couple of things that I want to sort of say on that really is ensure and the younger generation, if you can, and I've done this with my grandmother who's 85, ensure that stuff like spam filters and that are installed on their email addresses. You know, mm-hmm. we take for granted. I, I probably had my first email address when I was in my mid-teens being born in the 80s. Um, the younger generation have probably had them much earlier. It's a language for you guys. Don't take that for granted that for the older generation, it's not. Yeah. Support them where you can. 
and if you are the older generation and you're fairly tech savvy, that means patronize. Get them on there then yourself. Brilliant. Also, lots of phones now. Um, I've got Android personally and Apple through work. They have spam detection on there, which is getting better. And the more the um, society and the community work on that, they're getting better at picking up quickly. That's the spam. And participate as well. You know, if you get a call and it's something, flag it as spam. And that way, you know, you knew it was spam. Hopefully when they call up somebody that's vulnerable, they don't end up taking that money away from them. Yeah. That can be a massive help. Um, if you don't need to, I mean, my phone's set to auto-reject withheld numbers. I've got no need. Um, in my career, a few recruitment agents call from withheld numbers. They send me an email to say, couldn't get through to you in a sec. And I just say, don't accept withheld numbers. Can you call me off your mobile? Mm-hmm. Um, I, said, I know some people will need that. My wife does for her work. But if you don't need it, it's just another avenue. You know, you think people that don't want to be found straight away, they're not going to communicate through an avenue that can be found. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I think you've got to think like a broadster quite often. I know it's hard for some people because a lot of people are honest, law-abiding citizens. But you've got to think, what do desperate or not the nicest people in our society do? I think a big one I've seen a lot, and I saw this when I worked in the care home sector, we reiterate this really loudly. The police and the HMRC will not come and arrest you due to a tax issue. We've got corporations not paying billions in tax. We've got some wealthy people that aren't paying tax. And I quite like the guy, but you see Jimmy Carr, but he went through the courts and mm-hmm. he had a big tax bill to pay. You are not going to have someone knock on your door. I've even had it, and I just laugh at it. I've had. Someone will, come and arrest you in, someone will come and arrest you within 24 hours if you don't yeah. pay this press one. Yeah. That's not how these regulated government bodies work. I have to, I've, because sorry. I've actually had that. I've had yeah. that. And I have pressed one to go through <laughs> and give them some abuse and act like vulnerable, then really give them, give, give them some abuse. And I found that oftentimes they very quickly switch when they know that you're onto them. Yeah. But clicking one doesn't actually... It doesn't do any um, behind-the-scenes damage or anything, does it? Or does it? No. What it can do, and I have seen in the past, they send it, and I'm no telecommunications expert, but it sends it through to like a premium rate number. It almost puts you on a waiting line for a premium rate number. Mm -hmm. I've never been a victim of that, but I have heard of people that have. So again, if you've got a good phone tariff, one thing I do, my network provider, I don't allow any additional... Um, expenditure mm-hmm. so if someone, someone tried to send me to an 0845 number it would not go through because my line would just go no so again if you don't need to make calls above and beyond and with the apps my network provider has an app if you do need to release that or give it a bit of a budget you can quickly do it in seconds yeah. on the app yeah. and normally even if you've run out of stuff they don't take that out of the their app is free to use sort of yeah. thing um, so flex it but again shut stuff off you know you don't leave your tap running at home I think there's a good message with a lot of this stuff turn it off until you need it um, and like I said the, any communication from the police or HMRC it's going to be spam or fraud I, I should have said earlier I'm on the audit committee for Derbyshire Police mm. I deal with police officers quite frequently and you know, it's not it's not their MO it's not how they work Um and quite often they don't get involved in financial matters. You, know, you see often if someone's been defrauded or something, it becomes a civil matter. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. um, they will support where they can, etc. And you've got action fraud, but yeah, you're not going to have the police. But these people are preying on fear. So if you if you haven't got the awareness and you're not comfortable just ignoring this, call the call your local police. Call um, 101. <laughs> Don't call 999 over something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> call, call call 101. And just say, I've received this. Straight away, they'll tell you, they'll ask you your name and details. They'll tell you if there's a warrant out for your arrest or anything mm-hmm. like that and come to the station. You know. um, and then if you're a victim of a, an attempted fraud, then they will offer support where they can. And if you don't want to go down that route, talk to family members. I think the last thing I want to hear of people doing is panicking. And I've seen it, and people lose large sums of money because they've really feared it be the... So for some people, it's the first time they've ever even heard that the police are after them. Yeah. <laughs> so you you, you are going to panic. I mean, who wants to get a phone call and be like, the police are after you? you are <laughs> yeah, it's not, right away. Yeah. It's not smoking the bandit out there. We're not. But <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we're, we're all going on police teams. So, um, and for the older generation as well, even the young generation, I do this. Call back anyone who contacts you out of the blue about your pensions or investments. If someone pertains to be from your pension, your investment provider, go, thanks a lot. I'm going to call you back. And then use the number you know. So on your original paperwork, mm-hmm. call that number. Um, ask them Before you put the phone down, ask them for their team number in that so you can get relayed to them. Mm-hmm. Um, Google it. You know, A lot of the big banks now, they pay so much in advertising that they will come up on top. Yeah. Be cautious. <clears throat> or type in the website address that you know, but don't digress information. I've had it where people have called me saying they want to deal with something on my account and ask me to verify my identification by giving the password, etc. I'm like, hang on a minute, you've called mm-hmm. me and I've got yeah, to say yeah. myself. I said, I appreciate what you're trying to do to make sure you've got the right person. But, you know, I've got a level of risk here. So how about I call you on a number I know is legitimate and go through the correct security channels there. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, actually, because the amount of times that actually they someone will call you, then they have they'll say we well, we have to go through security to make sure we're speaking to the right person. It is actually a good point to look at it the opposite way. That actually, you no, know, hang on a second, you called me. I need to verify who you are before I tell you any information about yeah. me because you called me. It's not the opposite way about. <laughs> I think that's really important, and I think something yeah. that actually goes amiss. Just thinking of yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, so I. I learned that if um, any of your listeners work in um, bookkeeping, small accounts, accounts payable, if one of your um, suppliers asks to change bank details, you always call back on a number you know. So it's quite a business-wise, it's quite mm-hmm. an adopted process. You know, if someone sends contact saying, can you change our bank details when your next payers, you don't just do it out of the blue. You go through checks and balances. People have got to think like that now. Particularly mm-hmm. people having to save more for their retirement and people have started investing. You've got to think of yourself like a small business, even if you're employed elsewhere, and put some of these controls in place. Yeah, absolutely. It makes absolute sense, yeah. And um, again, for particularly for the older generation, because there's that embarrassment, that guilt that might make you feel pressured, ask or even demand. You know, These people are asking you to make financial decisions. Anybody that's legitimate will not pressure you and i know from my wife's background you know you have to have cooling off periods don't you mm-hmm. when you're regulated yeah yeah um 
demand time to consider and ask them to send any proposals via email. So, you know, thanks a lot for that, but I'm not happy to just go ahead right now. I want to look over it. I want to get a member of my family or um, one of your professional advisors to look over it. Any legitimate business advisor will fully respect that and, like I said, maybe even have to regulatory abide by that. Mm -hmm. If anybody is putting pressure on you to sign up there and then, you know, it's one of the oldest sales techniques. And when it comes to your large pots of money, don't be pressured. Don't don't give in. Um, yeah. I think there's a little bit of human psychology there. though. Oh, this is all psychology, definitely. And, and the reason why I say that is, right, so we went to Dubai over Christmas and New Year's and coming out of the airport in Dubai, um, you know, get a free lunch at blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, I know exactly what this is. I did a stint doing timeshare when I was in my 20s, Tenerife, right? Great time out there, but like, oh my God, Jesus Christ, some dodgy, <laughs> dodgy characters we came across. So obviously you go to this place and they do a presentation. And I said to my partner, Ilona, I said, listen, I know exactly what this is going to be about, but I'm curious to see whether the tactics have changed over the years. I mean, I was out in Tenerife back in, you know, early 2000s. Yeah, early 2000s, so a long, long, long time ago. <laughs> and uh, we end up going to this one session anyway. And the taxes are exactly the same. They try to coax you. They try to, you know, get to know you, ask you kind of yeah. questions to make them make you feel as though they're interested in you. And all the time I'm thinking, okay, yeah, I used to do this. I know exactly where you're going with this. And then all of a sudden the next guy pops up. And the one thing that I found really, really strange being on the receiving end of it was, when it came to, okay, so this is how much it costs to take part in our program. We were saying £7,000. And he had the cheek to say, if you don't trust us, then this isn't the right option for you. Yeah. As if, though, as if it's on my back for me yeah. to create trust with him. And yeah. I said to him, I just met you like yeah. five minutes ago. I don't know you for Adam. I'm not going to give you £7,000. Like, but it's weird how, from a psychological point of view, I then felt as though I had to justify why I didn't trust him, even though I just yeah. met him five minutes ago. And that psychological like, side, to, side to it is actually quite powerful. And one that I think people need to be mindful when having these kind of conversations when you're being pressurized, where it's almost being left in your core, but there's that, that little bit of pressure around trust and you need to do the right thing. And just don't be ashamed to say no. Don't be afraid to say no. Yeah. A lot of that, the psychology is very similar to um, like the peacocking and some of the horrific dating mm -hmm. seminars that are taught, mm -hmm. where it's like give and take, you compliment a bit, you build trust, mm -hmm. you belittle a bit. Obviously, um, in the dating side, it's supposed to build the flirtation or mm -hmm. whatever these people think will work. In, um, in the investment side, it's belittling to make you feel inferior. But if you give this person your money, it's going to elevate your social status. Absolutely. You know, exactly. they'll be wearing, and it'll be very, you can fake it. This world is full of fakes, social media, you can fake it. And, you know, that Rolex that he's flexing is probably a fake. He actually had a Rolex on, because I, <laughs> yeah. I was looking at his watch the entire time. <laughs> and I was thinking, okay, cool, is this, is this real or is that not real? And actually, he had a, he had a bit of a moody one on, because I've had a few in the past, and it's like, so your suit that you put on and, and, and the outward impression that you put on is this yeah. sort of success and this, you know, beautiful resort. But it's like, 
I, I've been there before. I did that for a period of time. So I know what happens behind the scenes. And it's, it's weird to be on the opposite side and have to go through that psychological journey that they take you on. Because it is exactly what you're saying. They, they belittle you because then you, your pride takes over, the ego takes over. And it's like, no, hang on a second. I can pull out seven, seven grand right now. And actually, no, I, I, I can do this. And you want to prove a point because you don't want to be made to feel small. Like, what, how many times have you been in a bar or a club with a mate who either the doorman gave a bit of a dig at or the pretty bar made of them interacting? What do they do? They start flexing. They're buying <laughs> the champagne at 4X, the you know, RRP. <laughs> yeah. And that's a prime example of people wanting to show that they can live up. You know, so, someone's told me I'm not good enough. I'm going to show them. Yeah. Sadly, showing people normally ends up costing you. <laughs> so, yeah. It does. It does. It really, really does. Like, give yourself time, breathe, and leave your ego at the door when it comes to investing and funds and any financial transaction, even your own private banking. If you're not careful, that's how you get yourself in a lot of trouble. Mm. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't agree with that, any of that really more. I mean, have we covered everything? Because we've covered the bits on, you know, I think the most important bit for me was all about the fact that, you know, there are things that we can do to try and make sure that we do keep ourselves um, safe. I mean, it's been eye-opening, and I didn't even think about it. About you know the kind of information that we put out online. I think things have moved so quickly yeah. that it's mind-boggling what you can find about people online now. It's just yeah. it's absolutely mad. And, and that, to your listeners, because I don't think we've mentioned it um, on the recording, is there's so much information is available there. You know, I can find out what school your kids go to. I can probably find your address. I can go on company's house and find your address. I can find out who your pensions are with using the government's website. Um, I can go on LinkedIn, find out where you work. A bit of social engineering, I can find out what car you drive. I can then look at stuff like where where you socialize even. It, it creates this entire picture of your life. I can see who's commenting. I can start seeing who your friends are. I can see when you're celebrating your birthday or your partner's mm. birthday, which could be your password. It could be the security key. Um, such information is so powerful to these individuals that people really need to take accountability and realize that it might feel like a small piece, a one benign picture, but what you're doing, you're giving out loads of little jigsaw pieces to your life, to the world. Mm. And somebody that wants to quite easily can piece all that together and get a fuller picture, track you down, use that, all that information. Um, and then they might have to employ some further tactics just to get the, uh, the cherry on the cake sort of thing to yeah. get, get through at the end. You mentioned this thing about passwords. Can you just mention that again? Because I definitely yeah. need to do something about mine. Because <laughs> right, <laughs> I definitely do. I'll just finish one more bit on the um, social media side. Mm -hmm. If you're not a business and you don't need traffic, think: do you do you really need a number of followers, or do you want people that you know and interact in real life to be following you and people you interact with? If so, make your account private. That way, a lot of these issues go away. So somebody like me that's trying to do it for you know recoup money from my employer because you've defrauded them so maybe don't make it too hard on me <laughs> but someone you know someone that's got dishonest motives if you take that away from them they can't see they can't see your pictures 
we can't see the content we can't see your mother's maiden name because your mum comments every time you post a few pictures mm-hmm. of your children <laughs> their, their grandkids you know there's so much information out there so quickly readily available if you don't need to share it don't do it it's it's really not worth 100 200 extra followers that you don't know and not going to interact with yeah i appreciate it's different if you're building a brand but then be cautious yeah be, don't just think i've seen it where people think they can blur out the house number mm-hmm. like i said with sophisticated ai tech now i can google lens a photo of your house and it will come up on google, google maps it will match yeah. those images so just blurring the house number isn't enough anymore yeah. And I think, guys, it ultimately, this is kind of a case of you don't know what you don't know until you know you don't know it. And by the time you realize that you don't know something, hopefully it's not because something bad has actually happened and you're having to pick up the pieces in some way, shape or form. And I think with this episode, I'm sure there are a number of things that you've picked up. I've certainly learned a, a couple of things. I need to definitely have a look at things like my, my passwords um, and maybe actually go and have a look at my in most of my private social media is actually locked. It's not public anyway, but that still made me think about, you know, the fact that people can still piece a picture of you together based on information that's, that's out there. Uh, yeah. That makes me feel uneasy. So I think ultimately it's all just about being safe. And I think ultimately if you do have elderly um, parents who are, I wouldn't say being targeted, but have these, uh, and actually I would say targeted actually, because oftentimes when you, they get into this loop of these offers, if they say no, then the information gets passed on to another company who then try yeah. their own luck. So if they are being targeted, I think something that Lee mentioned here in, in terms of talking, speaking, having a conversation is so, so important. We don't do it enough. And I think if we did that, just in terms of like letting your, 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 your parents or your grandmother know that, you know, you don't really expect anything from that. It's okay that, you know, you're going to be okay and you can take care of yourself. And you're happy to take charge of your own your own future. Yes, it may mean that you may not have that inheritance that your mate has got down the road, but your reality is different to your mate down the road. You can only deal with the cars that are dealt. And to keep your loved ones safe, I think these conversations are very, very important indeed. So Lee, thank you so much for coming on, mate. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. No worries. And if anyone's got any questions, you know, if you want to direct yourself, I'll send the, my LinkedIn profile. If anyone wants to message me on there, you know, if someone's got any burning concerns then if we can help out and just stop one person being a victim of fraud then you know how we can but remember stuff like action fraud 101 your local police is out there mm-hmm. it, it's like you know if your car gets out of control <laughs> when you're on your lessons first and you get told it's put on the brakes for financial transaction or um, engagement is going far too fast for you put on the brakes you know you're in control of this vehicle yeah absolutely and i will put links to to lee i'll put links to uh, security.org action board in the show notes as well so if you are going through something that this is pertinent to then definitely uh, go check these links out but guys as always i appreciate you spending this time with me this monday morning i wish you an amazing week speaking of pensions we actually have a youtube live session on march the 7th it's going to be at 9.30 in the evening, as usual. That's the time of all the live sessions. And uh, we're going to be talking specifically about pensions. Um, and I think it's going to be really, really important if you're self-employed, you have family members, mum, dad, maybe, for example, who haven't really paid that much attention to pensions in the past. We've already alluded to the fact that, you know, £19.8 billion is left on the table in pensions. It's a huge sum of money. And I've got personal experience of this uh, working with clients as a financial advisor as well. So... 
that session is going to be great. I also want to ask you another link that I'm going to put in the uh, in the show notes is I've actually been nominated for a British Bank Award for Online Financial Influencer of the Year. Um, voting allows you to essentially be entered into a £1,000 prize draw. So you'll be doing me a favor. You also do yourself a favor as well, possibly win £1,000. Uh, but voting is going up until the 19th of April. So your support would be appreciative uh, of that as well. But there are links in the uh, show notes to this show. But as always, guys, have an amazing week. Remember, money is a tool. Life is for living. Have an amazing week.